0: Hey guys, it is Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. No, summer is pretty much done and over, and next snow you fall will be here, and the cold temperatures will be here as well. So get it over to Leon Tailoring. They can keep you nice and warm without burning a hole in your pocket. So maybe a little bit of a heavier jacket, or maybe a nice long sleeve shirt, or for your ladies, maybe a nice heavier blouse, or heavier skirt, or dress. No matter what it is, you can get over at Leon Tailoring. Larry, Norm, Kim, and Judy, they'll take care of you like they've been taking care of me almost 20 years since I've been here in Indianapolis. They've been here longer than 100 years. So swing on by Leon Tailoring, and tell them Abdul Sincha, Leon Taylor 809 North Delaware and in downtown Indianapolis. Well, folks, as it is, the political season is here, or does the political season ever really go away? <laughs> of course it doesn't. So we turn this up a little bit different. Uh, instead of our usual uh, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, we sort of lay the political landscape. Uh, we have a uh, conservative political commentator or communications consultant and a progressive communications consultant uh, just sort of looking at the messaging and the media messages and political commercials and the whole nine yards that folks do. And so join us in studio is my good friend Blair Engelhardt of the Engelhardt Group. So Blair, thank you very much for being with us. Thank you for having me. And my good friend Lynn Hake, who who, She's wore a number of hats. Her hat's almost as big as mine. (laughs) Almost. Uh, Lindsay uh, Lindsay Hake, uh, Communications Consultant. Lindsay, thank you very much for being with us. Always good to have you here with us.
1: That's a hell of an introduction. Thank you. (laughs) I'm happy to be here. So
0: let me ask you folks, uh, how would you rate the political communications landscape? Uh, Lindsay, we'll just start with you these days.
1: I think there's always um, a client out there who needs guidance. There's always going to be um, an appetite for folks to have, Advice, whether they take it, of course, is the ad nauseum question. Uh, I think there will always be that um, appetite. However, that said, this is a new landscape for a lot of us who've been in this uh, in this political sphere for a few decades. Uh, it's really kind of what goes goes, and the, the rules have been redefined. So it's I'll, it's an exciting time to be part of it.
0: Blair, how would you define the landscape? Well, things have changed, obviously.
2: It used to be 20 years ago, you know, 30 when I was starting to get in the business when I was Lindsay's age, uh, we had to go sell a story to the media. We literally had to go make an appointment, take them to lunch, take them a bottle of bourbon, whatever. We had to go buy sell- a cigar. <laughs> exactly. We had to go sell a story. OK, today, that's not so much. It's that's not the case because the Internet and everything's all out there. OK, uh, the problem we have today is the legitimacy of Good political newscasters—they're like hens' teeth. Okay, there's maybe one or two legitimate in Indianapolis. To be honest with you, after that it, it drops down. There's might be one in Fort Wayne and Evansville, but there's very few legitimate political newscasters in the state of Indiana these days.
0: Now, what uh, I would argue, and, and part of that is the reason because because the, dyna- the, the the dynamics of how we deliver news has changed. Right. And folks where you would have like a, a city hall reporter who'd been there for 25, 30 years, heck, heck, now you're lucky to have somebody who's been there for one or two years.
2: But my point is, if I've got a story to sell, I've got three people to call in the state, of, in, in, in Marion County. I've got three people. After
1: that, it drops down. So you've got to create your own story. Lindsay? I think it's really tough right now to find meaningful coverage, too. Right. Uh, you know, anybody can throw a story out there and get coverage, but is that Coverage going to be meaningful for that candidate, i.e., can you use that on your social? Is the is the lead good? Is the headline great? Is the metadata awesome? If it's not, you're not going to be use, able to use it on social. Not going to be able to get that um, get the reporter's money's worth out of it too. they want the coverage and and the um, expose as much as you know the candidate wants the coverage. So I always try to make sure if it's um, going to be coverage, I'm going to go out and. And spend my time on it's gonna be coverage that that candidate can utilize. And then, therefore, you start building that relationship with the reporter. I don't care if it's a political reporter or if it's someone covering the newsroom. Like, sometimes we don't have a choice, right. we just gotta go with what we got. And so, I've developed a lot of meaningful relationships that way.
0: Our guests in the program today are uh, communications consultant Blair Englehart and Lindsay Hake, uh, both communications consultants. So, we're just going to talk about uh, communications, consulting, uh, sort of the media, and then the whole political world. Uh, Blair, like I said, you've been in this business for a while. How has technology changed how you do your job?
2: <laughs> it's 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 just crazy, and it, it it's changing literally as we're having this interview right now. I mean, try to be a political consultant and get a Facebook page for your for your candidate up and running. It is I've built homes quicker than I have been able to get up and running on Facebook. They the they've changed the algorithms literally on a daily basis. The paperwork is killer. I mean, you know, my partner Ray. Literally, Ray spends almost all day fixing Facebook issues. So it, it's changed. Uh, I think uh, you've got uh, th- all various platforms, and I, it's so sporadic. But, you know, when we were growing up, we had the three networks, right? And that was about it. I mean, God bless Walter Cronkite, and that's all we had. And today, it's just it's, it's, it's a fart in a skillet. Everything's out there, right?
0: Now, Lindsay, how 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 does the, the, the change in technology make it easier or difficult for you to do your job?
1: Uh, I would say it makes it tremendously easier. Uh, whereas before, you know, I started on the very tail end days where we were still sending faxes for press releases. And that was, um, you know, I watched, I came into the State House and the Media Relations Department for the House Democrats in 2007. And we were still at that point sending all of our releases out by. Basically, mass facts.
0: I remember there used to be mailboxes in the governor's press office.
1: Yes. And so that was still a thing. Um, you know, we were, we had all been on Facebook and social for like four or five years. Um, but the uh, state house was slow to believe that social was a thing. Mm-hmm. And so there's chit chat going. But I believe, um, and you know, you didn't, weren't able to take part in it officially at least. And so that was, uh, that was kind of fun watching the dawn of that. It did make my job easier and getting the media out there. Also, it changed media landscape completely because I also work as a public information officer, as a civilian for the Air Force uh, Auxiliary, the Civil Air Patrol. And working as a public information officer has also changed exponentially. When you're out there getting your information out, that's we usually depend on media partners to help with that, but we can get our information directly out from the source. And taking... right from social, taken right from the horse's mouth. The reporting is not even to be interpreted. It's just data out there ready to go. And that's the same. We can apply that principle same to the candidates. This is what I said. This is here. It's for public dissemination. Take it for what it's worth. And I think there's incredible value in that.
0: Blair, has social media on technology made the candidates' life jobs easier? Oh, absolutely. I mean,
2: let's take a perfect example. Uh, Suzanne Crouch comes out with her
0: Tax attacks.
2: Well, you know, all these other guys can bitch about it all they want. Democrats can bitch all about it. But whose name's been on everybody's tongue for the last month or the last three weeks? Hers. Not Nobody else. Nobody else but hers. Now, you've got all the pundits. You've got the morning guy here that just thinks that's crazy. And maybe it doesn't work. Maybe they've got to rework that whole thing because they're going to have to. The numbers just don't add up. But guess what? she controlled the media she controlled the internet and the political news ever since they came out with it and it's hard to argue with that no whether she's right or wrong she controlled it and she couldn't have done that without without uh, the new media platforms
1: she leaned into it too oh. it's it's its own it's got its own drop down on her website and the what may not be important to her but for a bunch of policy geeks like us behind the curtain the the what is very important. The how is even more important. And that's why I think the only uh, downstream <clears throat> conversation that's left from that big old punch she threw out there was all of us wondering how the heck is this going to happen? Because <laughs> we know the revenue streams. How, been... how do you
0: close an 8 to $12 billion budget gap?
1: I mean, you've also had re... Nikki Kelly made a great point in her piece last week that Republicans have had control of this process for here on almost 20 years. And there's all of a sudden this $8 billion hole in the budget that we can find, quote, bloat? I don't believe it.
0: Our guests on the program today are Blair Engelhart and Lindsay Hake. They're both communications consultant one more conservative, other more progressive. Uh, so we asked some in studio today just to talk about the political landscape from a sort of a media uh, communications perspective, whether it's social media uh, or the whole nine yards. Uh, Lindsay, let me ask you, uh, in, a, in, a, in the new political com- communications universe, is there anything uh, such thing as bad publicity anymore?
1: Oh, 100%. <laughs>
0: that still exists?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, there's also, I think because of the way that despite the commentary being out there, you'll see stories on Twitter, formerly or formerly X. known as Twitter, now X. I want to make sure I call it the proper style, the style book recommendation. Uh, but no, it's important to know that there's a lot out there that you, if you're paying attention to, can anticipate what your next move will be. And so, yes, there always is bad publicity to be had. That's 100% sure. Um, but if you're smart about it and you're listening to all of those sources out there, you'll be ready for it. And if you, something catches you by storm, you're not paying Enough attention. You're not keeping your, not listening to your staff. You're not listening to your critics, and that's an important, important skill to remember. There's always, always, um, for me at least, there's always been an extreme benefit to listening to all critics.
2: Right, Blair. Yeah, it's. I think any any sizable campaign is going to have a crisis management person on the team at some point because. I think Lindsey and I both, we've worked on enough campaigns. Something bad's going to happen in every campaign we do, okay? Whether it's a mayor's campaign I'm running or congressional, something bad is going to happen. And you got to be able to get out in front of it first. And that's where crisis management comes in. Um, you look at the—I mean, who would have believed, God bless him, that Curtis Hill would be running for governor after what he went through? He's got an uphill battle, uh, and he's got certain— People backing him, but who would have thought that would have happened? That's bad news. But he's he's coming out of it. He's getting publicity. He's a legitimate candidate. But you know that never would have happened years ago without social media. Because with the social media, he's able to get all the the right wing groups uh, together and get them to back him. Ten years ago, that would not have happened.
0: Also, uh, I think it's interesting when uh, when I did my uh, mayoral run the day I announced. Uh, my Democratic friends put out uh, a news release of all the tweets I'd written, uh, right. or, or, or a handful of tweets, and it was. You, you bring up the you bring up the perfect example of being able to anticipate because one of the questions me and my you know rag rag ragamuffin rebellion team had put together <laughs> like a duel. But you've written a lot of stuff for twenty years, like yeah. So what are you going to say about it? somebody asked you like yeah I wrote it? Why first of all why lie? Right because it's right there in black and white. Like did you mean at the time? Nope, some of it I meant, some of it was for effect. It just depends on what the circumstances
1: were. I think that unknown too, as to because you are a you are a different kind of candidate. Right? <laughs> to, to, to put it mildly. <laughs> and so I I will expect that in a few years when you run again, you'll have my endorsement on your page, and it right. will not be intended. It will just be I'm a different kind of candidate. But anyways, no, I think that's I think that uncertainty is what fed that concern, and I do also have to say that I've held held you accountable for a, for a few certain posts you've made on your. <laughs> (laughs) social, 100%. Um, uh, Any case, no, that's exactly what you need to prepare for. And uh, if you don't have a crisis manager ready to go, You're going to be behind the ball already. And so, having someone who has experience in crisis management, crisis comms, having someone who knows how to deal with also being able to reassure candidate that, hey, this is not terrible. You could have a lot worse right now. Um, You're not in jail. I'm not, or, you know, depending on the crisis, I always define a crisis as something unexpected. That's not necessarily how we were planning on things going. And that could be a lot of things. So it could be a parking ticket. It could be anything. Um, but as long as you have someone who's ready to manage a crisis like that, then you won't be behind the game and looking. Right. You you just don't want even to have that, to spike that concern that, hey, so-and-so is looking for a crisis comms person. Like, then you're like, oh, f- well, what's now? Yeah. And, and
0: Blair, it's interesting uh, you bring – Lindsay brought that up because I want to say it's like 20, 30 years ago. Uh, it was an editorial cartoon in the Charlotte Observer. Uh it was like it was a nuclear power plant, mm-hmm. and the guys like, hey, we have a crisis, and so they had the PR guy behind the glass with a briefcase and a big smile in case of emergency. Break glass.
2: Right. Well, listen. You know, you always hear the terms. Let's get out in front of it. Well, you know what? Sometimes you just let it sit. Okay, too. You've got. You get. It's not always best to get out in front of it. Sometimes you just kind of let it just filter away and kind of go bye bye. Um, Sometimes addressing it can make it worse. Exactly. Sometimes some, it can exacerbate the situation if you're going after it. But that's where the communications people start spinning. Hate to use that word "spin," but that's
0: what we do. And spinning the message to uh, I'll get it out there. Which brings up an interesting question: which is, when do you? react and when you when don't you react it or, really, or, or just as a, or just does it depend I mean, on the situation it totally depends it,
2: I, it really depends it, it's an as needed basis it, it really depends i mean i mean there's some things you can you got to get out in front of i mean but there's other things that you can just kind of let i mean there's some issues going on at the state house right now they're just kind of under the current right uh but you look at what's going on state house over the years my god it's 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 crazy, so yeah, you got to pick and choose, and that's probably the hardest thing to do. Is uh, is but is, is determine how to how to deal with that? Let it lay or go after it. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends LLC. If you are interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.